There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I know that there are guys slipping in your DMs from Good Children listeners. For sure. Um, Have you hooked I, up with a listener? So... <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and what a good week to have Good Children's Andrew Muscarella on the podcast. He did the Gay Ass Live show in New York, and he has proven to be perfect in every single way, partly because he accepted my flirtations during this recording so masterfully. You've been all sending me flirty DMs, and I'm not going to say I don't enjoy it because I do. <laughs> and it's been a nice break whenever I need a moment away from my family during this vacation. I'm on in Hilton Head, South Carolina. But truth be told, it's been lovely. Just a very nice time to be away, which I feel like I've needed. I had a good cry after watching a, a, another episode of Couples Therapy on Showtime, which really put me into a, a deep, gorgeous spiral. But Part of, I think, the reason is, is because I've had to lessen my, well, I haven't had to, I've chosen to lessen my Lexapro dosage because I'm about to do my next big mushroom trip, which I can hopefully report um, for the next week's episode, if not two weeks from now. So Lexapro apparently fooks up your experience with the shrooms, where like I think it lessens it. So I'm trying to lower the dosage, obviously, very gradually, but the dreams have been a little cuckoo but I think it's all going to be worth it for the therapeutic mom. And speaking of therapeutic moms, let's get into this week's episode with Andrew Muscarella. We talk about his interesting infatuation with Guy Fieri. We talk about his feelings towards certain teen heartthrobs. And yes, we do answer the question about hooking up with our listeners. Can't wait to see what you think about this episode. Leave a five-star review if you have not. I just read one that just says, the best. Five stars, and honey, that's how you do it. We also have the Patreon at patreon.com slash gayasspodcast. For just $5 a month, you can support this gay-ass institution. Enjoy the app. I love ya. When I say muscarella, 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 thank God. I know. I mean, like growing up, everyone was like, oh, like mozzarella, Andrew mozzarella. I'm like, shut up. It's not creative. <laughs> like, stop. But yeah, yeah it at is. least say like musky. Well, that was my nickname, oh, which shit. is 
was that mortifying? Maybe. But it's musky and musty. Like, musty is like, oh, you stink. Musky, the D, yeah, I'm like... The D is bad. The musky is giving, like, bear, gay, niche... It was when I was in my jock era. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah, you can call me musky. Call me whatever. Well, listen, Andrew Muskyrella is on That's a Gay Ass Fucking Podcast. Yes. Andrew, this has been a long time coming. Thank you for coming on the pod. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Um, I'm very, very excited. Very excited. When I saw Joe on the pod, I was like, I wasn't even jealous. I wasn't even jealous. But I was you like, can, okay, wait, my turn. What, what were you then? I was jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't even jealous. I was actually really fucking Seeding, jealous. Yeah. Um, so I was angry. Yeah. Um, you, uh, the both of you, came on that's a chaos live show and blew it out of the mother trucking park. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I'm currently working on a video, another sizzle reel of all the shows we've done because we're about to announce our next ones. And I just pulled a clip of you Stop. for that video, which is going to be my first question for this app. Andrew, you have gone on record in front of scores of people uh, in Brooklyn, New York, saying that you would indeed fuck Guy Fieri. Mm-hmm. Andrew, who hurt you? <laughs> Listen, like, I've been hurt a lot. But the thing about Guy Fieri that you can't deny is that, like, he is hot. You know what I mean? There's a style to what? him. He, the, the sunglasses behind the head, I'm kind of like, he knows what he's doing in bed. You know what I mean? I don't, but I can respect your journey because who am I to judge? Listen, I if I see a 52-year-old man with a bald head, a beard, and mm-hmm. sad eyes, honey... I'm Listen, down the clown. don't get it twisted. He doesn't have a bald head. He has that stunning blonde platinum. Oh, hair. no. I was just talking about my oh. kink. Your, <laughs> your kink is... Um, Everything else dad. was like almost on par. That is true. <laughs> your kink is like uncle at barbecue who will ask you if you have a girlfriend mm-hmm. and um, how yes. many kids you want and you're 11. Absolutely. But he's going to do it in such a sweet way you know what i mean <laughs> yeah. so that's yeah, all that I do matters know that. yeah do you do you get into the mechanics in your head about who's going to be doing what physically to each other between you and, and guy Fiat? and guy so i really at the beginning was thinking that guy was going to be a top and i was like uh-huh. fully ready i was going to be like okay i'll prep i'll do whatever is needed for guy fietti but then <laughs> it kind of came over me and i was like no he's giving bottom so oh. i think listen if we're flipping amazing that's even better but I think that he'd, he'd swing to be a bottom, for sure. I love the confidence you said, R.E. flipping. I just love that you can say, if that's the case, I'm down. And that takes a strength mm-hmm. in a person. And have you, you always been a strong flipper? No, I haven't always been a strong flipper. That's actually as of late. Um, I started very much bottom. And then now, as you get older, I'm like, you know, I want to have some fun, too. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> all the bottoms are devastated out there um well then listen you have had a lot of joys in your life not only uh the flipping but also good children podcast of course taking over the globe but not enough people are asking you andrew about a title that we need to dive into which is the time you won uh, the norwegian joys mr harry legs of 2022 wait I can't believe you're bringing this up. I'm almost about to show my legs on on the pod. Um, yeah, no one's talking about that enough. I honestly, so listen, I entered the Mr. Sexy Legs competition. Mm. And 
I was taking a look around the boat and I was like, I think I do have the sexiest legs. Like I work on these legs. Like my other profession outside of being a podcaster is a fitness coach. I was like, I know what I'm doing with these legs. I'm not kidding. I threw ass on the deck of the Norwegian Joy. And the clientele of people were were not like, I should be really, you know, humping the floor. It was kind of like everyone was gagged. And I don't know if in the best way possible, but I knew what I was doing. And no, I didn't win. I didn't win (gasps) Mr. Sexy Legs. I won Mr. Hairy Legs, which almost felt like a dig. Did they create that category for you? Or was it? Well, there was like Mr. Sexy Legs was the winner winner. Right. And like the the runner ups were like Mr. Hairy Legs and then like Mr. Chicken Legs. And I was not getting chicken. If I award was awarded Mr. Chicken Legs on the Norwegian Joy, I would jump off the Joy mm-hmm. and be at the bottom of the Osh. It wasn't a joyous occasion, I can say that. Um, but the man who won, he did have a maybe three-year-old son on the boat that was cheering for him. So I think Aww. he was getting sympathy votes, which is sweet. But like, I needed that for my confidence, and they didn't know that. You know what I mean? No, they didn't, and they, they should have. Well, but I also am very interested in this fitness life of yours because I've seen the images online of you and the video of you throwing a medicine ball down on the ground and Mm -hmm. the arms of it all. I mean, award to talk about, fuck the hairy legs. Let's talk about the arms. You seem to be this amazing dichotomy, if I may sound like Barbara Walters, of someone who like grew up just like a lot of us feeling theater nerdy feeling baby fat puberty vibes which i can say that as someone who was also of that experience and then like you're this flip king fitness queen norwegian joy mr harry legs when did what years did the flip happen if forgive the expression the fl- well the flip with fitness the flip yeah with, just okay, like so how did you go from from a to b i grew so i grew up um very large right like i was always bullied my entire life for being fat and gay obviously but they went hand in hand like Mm -hmm. being gay you could hide being fat i couldn't at the time um but i think that when i came out as gay i think that we all know that being gay sometimes it is very body forward Mm -hmm. especially when you get on the apps um i got to a place when covid hit that like I got crazy, right? Like I was going crazy, like working out nonstop. I was definitely eating disorder vibes, whatever. It was not looking good. So then I was like, I can't continue going on like this. Like, it's not healthy. And yeah, I'm getting validation from people because I look quote unquote good to them. But I was like, you know what? If anything, like I want to educate myself on how to be healthy and how to help people like myself that might be going through things like this. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to study to be a personal trainer. I took like two, three months. um, And then I moved to Brooklyn and started working in fitness. And like my sole responsibility when people walk through the door is genuinely to make them feel comfortable because I know a lot of people don't feel comfortable when they walk into a fitness class. Oh, I I kind of put a smile on your face and play some good music and have fun while we're working out. That's literally all I want to do. 
Andrew, I'm Thanks. so like you are. Yeah, wave girl. That this is this is huge because I do know that when a lot of gay people come out, of course, we feel like your instant thought is like, I have to look like the underwear ads at Macy's. But yeah. then I think there's this like next phase of like you're saying of like, well, actually, what is the healthy version of being sexy in my own skin yes. and in a way that's like not making you feel truly insane yeah uh, and i've always made this joke but it's true for me that like if you see me working out very like too regularly i'm not okay like that that's how you know sure. i'm in my like rock bottom and and so i so funny you say that during the beginning of the pandemic i was deeply unemployed and like mm-hmm. also losing my mind and so i did workout videos every single day and i looked great but i was obviously like struggle bussing oh yeah and so it it's so interesting for me that you've like reclaimed the asshole bullies from your youth and now you're like and now you're helping yourself and others so i hugely applaud thank you they can't keep me out everyone told me especially growing up it was it was mostly like male authority figures in my life i think (sighs) was were the people because i played sports growing up which was another thing that we can dive into because all I wanted to do was be on a stage. You know what I mean? Sure. I'm, a, I'm a repressed theater gay, but I was playing sports and I was playing lacrosse on in New York. And that's crazy for me, but I was starting goalie the whole thing. But the feedback was always like, if you want to touch the field, you need to lose 30 pounds or like <gasps> you're a lazy sack of shit. Like you're all like literally all of the things that people would say to me. And I was like, absolutely. You can't, you can't, you can't break my soul. You know what honey. I mean? You won't. Honey is right. So now I feel like I'm in power. I feel really good. Um, I'm helping other people. I have a really maybe silly question, but mm-hmm. to me, a part of the way that adults would speak to children was a product of its time. But do you and your profession a pin think mm-hmm. that there are, I mean, I know it happens, but do you think, how widespread do you think it is the asshole male coaches are still saying you have to lose X amount of pounds, you fucking sack of shit before you can touch the field? Do you think it's still really prevalent these days? I think it's still happening. I think it's because, because what was going on was like, especially in a locker room or on the field, it kind of was like, it was like their classroom, right? Like sometimes sure. I would have a teacher and they'd be like, what happens in this class stays in this class, right? Like yeah. they would say the most crude things out loud. And for that, I think that it's still happening. And I think that especially if like your goal is to go to college for a sport or anything, mm. they're thinking that they're helping you by saying that you need to lose weight and look a certain way. But at the same exact time, they're actually just like disqualifying your ability or they're judging your quote-unquote ability by what you look like which is yeah the only thing they're helping is you rack up therapy bills like that's the only thing and now i'm in better help so you know what better better help is 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 helping and this is not a sponsor i don't know if you have the better help sponsorship but i don't but do you do you have the better help sponsorship we don't have the better help spot we should (laughs) we literally if if you're gonna sponsor any podcast it should be two manic days um that are therapy <laughs> so i got dragged because i did say the name of a therapy site that i have used that like helps you connect a therapist and then my friend mm-hmm. was like they're not paying you stop saying their name and i was like jesus <laughs> but like 
if anybody wants to know, message me and then I'll and then I'll and I'll tell you and then and then and then we'll petition for them to pay me uh, mucho bucos. But yes. speaking of the mucho bucos that this podcast will hopefully earn me one day, yes. I gotta ask you the famous podcast question: Andrew Muscarella, musky, sexy, gay-y, queenie. Whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do we blame, babe? Oh, it really sucks because I think that there's two men in my life that we blame. And I think that I can be judged for both of them. One, I've publicly said on Good Children before. And, oh, it is mm, Justin Bieber. And I know. But at the time, when I was in sixth grade and I heard one time come on the radio, I was like, first off, (laughs) who is this queen that is hitting those notes? And then secondly... When One Less Lonely Girl came out, it wasn't even like I had a chance. Like, I was jealous. I was experiencing jealousy. I was almost enraged by the fact that I couldn't be his One Less Lonely Girl. Oh. So that's how I knew. What? That's actually really insightful because Mm -hmm. if your boy crush pop star girly, if you will, is singing about a girl and you know that you can never be her... That's pretty. That's like exhibit A. That's exhibit gay. That was exhibit gay, and like it was, it was such a weird feeling at what, what was like eleven, being like, "This, why do I want to go to Madison Square Garden and have <laughs> when he pulls out that one chair on stage, like the off chance that he would choose me? Like, am I delusional? Absolutely, but like I just knew in that moment it would never happen." Oh my god, but it's so real because I've seen like those videos of the girls who think that Harry Styles in One Direction is going to pull them backstage and fuck them silly and mm-hmm. then it cuts to a picture of them with like four layers of braces. They're fully yep. 12 and a half and j- it's just delusion, but it's like mm-hmm. you can't help but place yourself in the chair on the stage. No, I exactly. And I think that since that moment I've been living in the chair on on the stage. So sure. Did you um, did you did you go to did you go to the Justin Bieber concert? I never did. No. And now at this point, I'm kind of like obviously over Justin Bieber, but right. you know, he'll always hold um, a special place in his heart. What was the song that you said um, came on the radio that first? You were like, "Who is this queen?" One time. How does that go? I'm gonna tell you one time that I love you. Tell you one time that I love you. Hey, she looks so deep. You know that one? No. I actually don't. <laughs> really? It's a good it was it was like his OG song on the radio. He was probably 14. Yeah. Oh my 14 God. I was 11. Yeah. So oh, I was like, so oh. you in a world if he had been into boys, you could there there could have been. I I was playing out all of these scenarios in my head. I was like it's <sighs> a 3 year age gap. I'm fine. <laughs> but you know what? Haley Bieber, good for you. She got it. <laughs> Good for you, girl. Um, so, Jay Biebs is the first man. Who's the second? The second one was a year prior, um, and that was based on She's the Man and Step Up, and you know who it is. Channing Tatum. Yeah. Channing Tatum. Um, By the way, I, a clip resurfaced recently of She's the Man, where he's, like, in the gym, and he, like, flips the cell phone and then he puts it to his head he i mean i i don't judge the the bieber i just it's not of my experience but channing tatum is of my experience oh yeah channing tatum is of my experience to a point where i'm like step up watching it 
again, for different reasons, I was like, I'm gay. I was like, I'm really into this dance movie. Like, this is amazing. I want to dance. Oh my God. But yes. then I also was like, <laughs> who the hell is that man isn't that so funny how two sides of our gay brains are like one side is like i need to do choreo yes. and the other side is i need to pirouette onto his cock yeah absolutely and and <laughs> i was too young at the time to look up like tanning tatum nudes but obviously now if i see a hot man on the on screen unfortunately i'm like tanning tatum nudes and uh. then when i got of age and looked up tanning tatum nudes i was like are they out there they're out there they're out there. dick dick flaccid or hard um flaccid how is um not bad so he used to be a stripper is what like when it was coming to magic mike that's why like he was a good casting for magic mike that's why probably why he was also like very good at the dance move step up the whole thing yeah but there was there were pictures from those days full flaccid channing cock yeah absolutely it was it was beautiful it was exactly what you were thinking it was gonna look like well, my my question that longtime listeners will probably know that I'm going to go there, but um, pubic hair wise, were what? there was there any? Do you think that Channing Tatum would have any pubic hair? Absolutely, it's not. wishful thinking, Andrew. I know, I know, but he's he's somebody who like wants to be a naked mole rat, and that's a completely different story, right? It's like. Well, by the way, that's like a whole other category of trauma, which is seeing the Channing Tatums and the Abercrombie bags mm-hmm. and seeing the hairlessness. But like, come on, not even Boosh. It's I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it is right. I asked this when your amazing co-host Joe Head was on this podcast mm-hmm. because we are a bit different in age. You're a bit younger than me. So I always am curious, you know, as now in your elder, um, the difference of opinion of body hair as a young person versus now you sport a stunning hairy chest did you have shame as a young person or were you of the time of like no it's actually becoming more in vogue again i actually did have a lot of shame when it came to my body hair i was shaving a lot like i would shave my chest but then also like even like my hair hair like i had this weird weird aversion to curls like my whole entire life i was like the curls are not cute because this is the thing in school growing up, I don't know why I fell into, like, the judgment zone of people yeah. with curly hair. I was like, they're weird. Like, I don't know. It was just, it just felt like... Was it like a ginger with- thing where people decided that people with red hair at a time were weird, but now yeah. it's like, I, I see a ginger and I'm like, I guess. Jesus. I don't know where my brain was at when I was in, yeah. like, middle school or high school, but I was like, I don't know. Like, having curly hair just felt weird to me. So I would brush it out and it looked like I had a toupee and a comb over um and i was rocking that my whole entire life um but then i was like i'm gonna let it curl once i got to brooklyn and the same thing with my body hair i was like the cops are here this is new york um but i was like i'm gonna let my chest hair grow funny that you asked because yesterday i actually trimmed it for the first time in years Um, really how did it feel to do that it felt good i kind of was like I was looking at my body in the mirror and I was like, what's going on with my chest? It just like, it was getting to a point where it was bushy and my niece, actually, she was three years old, nothing like a three-year-old to make you a little self-conscious. She looked at me and she goes, why do you have fur? (gasps) And I was like, wait, T. Drag me, drag me, Brittany. Um, (laughs) You know what's funny is that I have had such an overcorrection of like embracing body hair that like... I haven't d- really ever in recent years done that trim, but I do see some guys that that really make it 
that really rock it but mm-hmm. i'm also married to someone who will like put a knife to my throat if i touch it so like there is real life danger i'm like so are you okay are you good I'm blinking help? twice. This is a, I'm, I'm like, this is a I'm cry for help. Twice. No, I do love, I lo- do love chest hair. I love the fact that my chest hair is curly too. Like that's, come on, come on, Sir full curls. circle. And now your hair on top of your head is curly too. Exactly. Are you are you currently single? I am currently single. Okay, so yeah. as your Jewish matchmaker, um, tell give me the pitch for. Obviously, you're looking for someone who is, I call them your coffee meets beta. You are mm-hmm. at a party and you're going to be doing more of the chitty chatting than they are, correct? Yes, correct. I mean, well, um, that's always been the case. I'm not yeah, opposed I, to the other side. No, I it think be it'd hard. be too much. I, I think it'd be too much. Um, and that's that's a compliment because that's you and I are in that way the same. Like yeah. if I was with someone that chatted as much as me or more, it would be a nuclear, lot. Nuclear warfare. Um, physically, what are we talking? Physically, I think. I'm actually getting to a point where I'm throwing a lot of that out the window for a while because I'm 5'8", right? And I don't think that's necessarily short, but people will call me a short king and that's literally fine, I guess. But I'm 5'8", and for a while I was like, oh, I want someone who is taller than me, who's bigger Uh than me, just because like I wanted to be the one that felt comforted. And for some reason, I attributed that to height. Now I'm at a place where I'm like, I actually, maybe it's because I'm flipping. You know what I mean? I'm like, I I actually don't care if they're tall or if they're short attributes. I kind of want them to be a little bit bigger. Um, Just personally, but I'm all over the place. If you see the people that I've been on dates with, you'd be like, none of them match. So So I'm really really personality driven. Like you got to be cute, but it's, it's the conversation for me. Do you have a a preference of meeting IRL versus app? I mean, I would love to meet someone in real life, like would genuinely love. I feel like I really, I've been in situations where I have talked to people, but oftentimes when it comes to gay men and me, I don't know if this is something that I'm dealing with, but I'm like, oh, they want to be my friend. You know what I mean? So that's like, that's what's going on. You friend zone yourself. Always. Always. I think that's an interesting thing to dive into because I'm watching this Showtime series that is old. And if anybody here, <laughs> I mean, I have been dragged in the, in the DMs for this, but it's called Couples Therapy. And mm. it has now, it's like three seasons in, and it's this couples counselor who is giving marriage counseling. And it is so interesting to see these couples, their issues, and also individually what people are dealing with. And She's just fucking like, I I, honestly, probably just like your podcast, I got into it because of TikTok, the clips, people posted the clips of the Showtime series on TikTok. And you just see these people who, of course, sometimes talk in monstrous ways, or like, it's clearly the problem, but you also have really relatable relationship issues. And if I was this gorgeous Israeli therapist who will be played by Rachel Weisz in the movie that that. will be coming out in four calendar years, I'd say, um, (laughs) I would say to you, Andrew, if you're constantly friend zoning yourself, what's the feeling behind your worthiness of love? See, no, how we're going to get deep. This is literally like my therapy sessions. Um, I think for a really long time since I grew up, experiencing bullying or whatever and especially entering the gay space like i entered the gay space via the apps right via Uh grinder via scruff like 
And when you start that way and you start by not showcasing your personality, but showcasing like your stats, your stats and like how I could perform and listen, I'm a performer, right? Like I'm an entertainer. So I know I'm going in there and what I'm going to do, but it's really hard to get that out of your head. So when you then go into social situations in real life with other gay men, it's it almost is like it doesn't even compute for me when it comes to worthiness of love it's like is it because they can't see the stats and like is do you feel like without that projection or without that presentation it's you're not even an option yeah i for a lot of the, like a lot of the times it's not even that i'm not confident like I am i definitely was not confident and now i'm entering a place of confidence but it's yeah. like I enter these situations and I'm like, no, not attractive to me. They want to be my friend. I'm fun. Oh. Like, I'm going to make them laugh. Like, I'm going to be the one that makes them laugh. I'm really, this is super interesting to me because I, the only reason why my experience is different is because I first started dating in college where there wasn't the app and the and the website stuff. And then I did OkCupid mm-hmm. when I met my first boyfriend. But it was like very early days of all of that. And so I was with him for two years. Horrible, two horrible breakups, if we're being honest. <laughs> oh, and then I had some IRL moments. I did some more online dating, but then met Matt in 20... I mean, take two. Yeah. I'm like, wait, it was not 1900s. It was <laughs> in 2013. And now we're here to live to tell the tale. So, like, my first experience was either an OkCupid profile, which was annoyingly long, like 50 questions, or figuring out how to present myself with the gay boys in college or Mm -hmm. in person. And so, I don't think I was even able to develop that identity of, like, I'm just a top or just a bottom or I'm just an otter or blah, 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 blah. And so, like, I, I – so your experience is super interesting because I'm sure a lot of people have that of, like, if I'm in real life and I don't immediately explain what I am or I can't even see – someone being attracted because they don't know Mm -hmm. what they're dealing with and so i i love though that you're in this new place of gaining confidence and like i think it's just the next train station along the way which is that you're going to realize that it it, your genuineness is what is so hot and what is so captivating and then and then you deserve someone to like chase you down that's that's the dream so i i am feeling very confident about what is to come Yes. But listen, if you know anybody, if you know anybody in New York and you want to matchmake legit in real life, let me know. Okay. Let th- me know. I, that is for me and for the listeners. I will. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. And by the way, I recently posted a video about... Um, saying that it's frustrating that even though i'm married like you are still allowed to flirt with me like that and so once i posted that i got some more flirty dms and yeah. a couple of dick pics that were um i will say great dicks uh, they they sent them knowing they were good dicks but what's the vibe for you when i i know that there are guys slipping in your dms from good children listeners for sure um, have you hooked I- up with a listener so i will say first of all for our listeners they are they tend to be more women dominated which is great which is amazing love the girls um with the gays though there are a few dms well a few definitely a good amount of people dming me i think that a lot of the dms though that i receive i'm like either you look identical to me or (laughs) (laughs) or you're like 18 so i'm like that's i'm not going to engage in this conversation have i hooked up with a listener before yes i have hooked up with a listener before but it was via an app and they didn't let me know until I got there. So it was almost, it was almost like you're talking to them and then you walk through the door and they're like, by the way, like I love the pod. By the way, to that person, that was smart of them because you lead with just like, I'm a human being. And then do you, I have two questions. One is how did it feel for that reveal? And the second question is, do you wish they had waited until after the hookup? So how did I feel about the reveal? I honestly appreciated the fact that they quote unquote got to know me before I showed up yes. there. Yes. Um, and then did I wish that it happened afterwards? Yeah, I do wish it would happen. Cause again, then I get in my head a little bit and I was actually going to ask you this question and maybe it's different. Well, you're, you're, this podcast is also pretty personal. So you're talking about yeah. your own experiences, but like, how do you, how would you feel hooking up with listeners? you know it is a very good question that of course i asked you and i'm like what the fuck is my answer and i think that the what the person did with you that was absolutely genius and the way to do it is connected as a person first i think if it 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 does get into a uh just a an interesting territory when the lead in is i know who you are before you know who i am Mm -hmm there's just a, a separation of like, there's like a cognitive dissonance with that. Exactly. That being said, for honey, sure. I'll, I'll hook up with a listener. I mean, for <laughs> sure. Like, yeah, I, I, I think attraction trumps all. And like, if you, if you connect on a human level, it doesn't matter if you listen to me or Joe Rogan, I take that back. It does matter, but it does, but it does, it doesn't matter if you listen to me or to good children or whatever it is. I, I think that what I have learned through this podcast actually is that no matter how successful 
the people that come on the podcast or no matter how successful I feel like I'm becoming, mm-hmm. we are all really fucked up humans. Oh yeah. Who are just trying to find our bliss and heal our traumas and it doesn't actually matter. No, nothing in a, in a positive way, nothing really matters. Yeah. That's really important. And to, as long as there is respect and like a um, two way streetedness, because of course there's going to be a dynamic of like both ways of like, let's say if I felt like I was in a position of power mm-hmm. and I use that, that's fucked up. And if the listener is like, I don't know. I, I feel like obviously there can be a diciness, but as long as the intentions are pure and you're into each other, yeah. come on now. I, I need to start getting into it because it's my friends make fun of me because like I'll go out to a gay club and I think that like Good Children has definitely um, grown in a way that I'm really proud of. It's yeah. not like a overnight success, but we're definitely growing pretty steadily, especially and, and it's centralized to cities. So like I understand that when I'm going out in Brooklyn, like there could be somebody that says something at the club, yeah, right? Yeah. But it, it, one of my friends the, uh, two weeks ago when I was going out was like, there were about three to four different guys that came up to me and they were like, Andrew, like you could pull, like you don't, under, but every single time someone comes up to me, they're like, oh my God, like I, like, I love you. And I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. That means a lot. What's your name? And they're like, <laughs> oh, Jason. I'm like, thank you so much, Jason. And then they leave. And then I'm like, wait, that guy was so hot. But it was like the interaction was already. You need, already to, you need to bridge the gap. You need to bridge the gap. I think it's I like, think, what was your name? Oh, Jason. It's How's your night going? And bam, yeah. bam. Then you're yeah. into like, but I get it. I get it. It's so, I mean, honestly, though, on the flip side, too, it's like if I were to meet. God, I want to name drop someone who is so like in a different because like I'm thinking of names that are like kind of like in our sphere that i shouldn't publicly say um let's say i were to meet jonathan groff (laughs) i love that i love it jonathan groff i he is to me in such like a you know like a completely different sphere of of being Mm -hmm. i would do anything for this man but to go from Jonathan, I'm such a fan. And of course, I'd be like, oh, I know this person, maybe. But still, to bridge the gap to be, to be like lip locking, there's a few steps you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get yeah. through. And it's not, it's not easy for either person. So, no. okay. I just wanna raise a glass to you because you. you are not only a great person, you're a great podcast host. And if any listener or non listener gets the chance to lock lips with you at a club in Brooklyn, honey they're lucky and they're like pillows um let me ask you the Mm -hmm. next podcast question which is andrew if the world was ending you could only save one character actress who would you save (laughs) why am i always start i start every single response being like someone's gonna judge me for this (laughs) because like (laughs) there will be um there are two and i can't choose one ever Oh, great. The the first one is solely based on the impact that she's had on me and my childhood. But I know that she's publicly stated as being bitchy. Oh. And that. Wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me guess, let me guess, let me guess. Okay. Childhood, publicly bitchy. By childhood, I mean, like, she's definitely been, has she been in a Disney movie? Maybe one, but like, she was definitely popping off in the 2000s. Um, 
she sings, which comes as a shock every single time she opens her mouth. Who is this? Is it, um... But again, people say that she's really rude. I can't believe people, though, because it could be... I mean, it's not Leah Michelle. No. Um, Christina Ricci. No. <laughs> Who is it? It's, it's Anne Hathaway. <gasps> Listen, I'm... she's having a she's having a half a renaissance. She's having an Anna renaissance. She uh, is yeah. no, I think she's actually not a bitch anymore. Okay, I hope so because again, if I'm saving her, I can't. <laughs> we can't get into bitch fights. Oh, I could. I probably. I think that we would be able to get into it with each other. I'm just picturing you in a dystopian society. The buildings have burnt to the ground, and you and Anne Hathaway screaming at each other, literally <laughs> screaming, and then like singing i dreamed a dream i'd be like and just do it one more time um no andrew she's coming she's come back she okay. she she serves looks she's that girl and she's and earned it's... it she's earned it because again, she's earned it and by the way there was a lot of the hatred towards her she did a terrible job hosting the oscars and i think she would say that too but um the, a lot of the hatred was i think misogyny and sure. like um i'll say it jealousy and um also she had an earnestness that I will also say was annoying. And so I think she sort of transcended that. And listen, when she won the Oscar and she said, it came true, kill me. I like that. I, and again, I'm a pretty earnest person, but it was, it was performative earnestness. Like, and that's why I really true. hated it. The things oh. about earnestness though, like, and again, I do like Taylor Swift and I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to take it back to Anne Hathaway. Sure. But if we're talking earnestness, that's where I'm like, if somebody like Taylor Swift can have can sell out that many like many stadiums and people yeah. be fawning over her, but every yeah. single time people are clapping and then she brings the mic to her mouth and she's like, <gasps> and she pulls it away and she's like, me? You're like, no, yeah, you. Like, honey, no, look around. Oh no shit! There was um, a 2.3 seismic earthquake because of your concert really, huh she's like i can't believe this is happening to me and like i get it like it's all about being humble um but i think the same thing goes with Anne. it's like sometimes you're in those moments and you're like i can't believe it happened i literally can't believe it happened but yeah, it's about yeah. delivery um but yeah i mean she proved herself ella enchanted devil wears prada uh, lay miz again like when she opened i didn't know she really could sing like that and she can yeah. sing and she cut her hair on screen like come on did she ever She's in the camp of people who are so gorgeous and great actors that you don't think they can possess a skill in musical theater and really deep cut. But Katie Holmes uh, hosted SNL in like a million years ago and she tap danced. And I remember being a little gay boy in St. Louis, Missouri, watching Katie Holmes tap dance. And I was like, Tom Cruise's wife can do a falap ball change. Mm-hmm. Could not believe it. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. You're like, good for who's your, who's your other character actress? So is she considered a character i mean is she a character actress maybe also a childhood per- like childhood influence in my life and i'm saving her because i feel for her deeply mm. and i've always stood by her side and it's selena gomez <laughs> listen i'm not laughing at i'm i'm laughing with the idea of all the gay people who yell at me when they're like, you think anyone's a character actress and I have to defend it because I'm yeah. trying to advocate for the guest. But the fact that you're trying to make me defend Selena Gomez as a character, character actress, actress, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, listen, I listen, threw out- she's, um, 
she has a she's on a show with Oscar winning, you know, and she plays a character and she is an actress. Tell me, tell me your your relation. <laughs> My relationship with Selena. I just think that like she is a product of like I mean, childhood stardom, call it Wizards of Waverly Place, but then we'll also like it the anxiety and the fame that has come with it like she's not doing well but like it makes me it's unfortunate to say that like her it's not that her not doing well makes me feel for her even more but like it makes me relate to her and be like listen i want to keep you around like i want to be that person that we can chat through these things and like feel like you have somebody if you're feeling a little bit down if you, know, if you will, it's almost like your relationship to being on the chair on stage with Justin Bieber. In this sense, you want to be the person that can help her through her traumas. And, and listen, maybe it is the Justin Bieber effect. Because yeah. like now I'm going to be talking to Selena Gomez and she was at one point talking to Justin Bieber. But we can chit and chat about that. Honey, we can and we will. But by the way, if we if I can bring it to the character actress of it all we might look back on history with selena gomez and say that she was a modern version of the like movie studio like mgm like what happened to judy garland with them force feeding her the drugs and making her get through all of the filming in a way maybe the disney industrial boo 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 is what was done to selena and then she has had to emerge from that and Mm -hmm. now she has this new act of performing and am i gonna say that selena gomez is the judy garland of our generation no but she (laughs) but she has been performing her whole life performing her whole life and performing regardless and especially when it comes to singing she knows she's not good, right? But she'll still get up on that stage and <laughs> and perform. Wait, so like I'm regarding like, like like singing, like regarding singing in that way. Is you she bad? I, mean? I don't. I don't. She's not great live. She's not great live, and I think that wow. she's she knows that she's not good live. But she's like, I have these songs, and I'm turning them out. I'm gonna perform. Um, Do you think Fergie knows that she's not good live, or she thinks no. that she is good? I think that Fergie thinks she's one of the top pop icons of the generation fergie only pictured herself singing next to the whitney houston's of the world and yet she should be with the selena gomez's absolutely absolutely that duet oh my god would be (laughs) stop fergie featuring selena gomez selena gomez will jump on any feature at this point but (laughs) listen have you seen the video that reminds me of um when jessica simpson sang with jewel have you seen that video no wait it's maybe so good it's because jessica is really and by the way jessica simpson is a good singer but um it's deranged just fully deranged deranged and it's important um wow these are these are really great answers though and your vulnerability is what makes this podcast a hit (laughs) if i may say that um speaking of vulnerability on your bio on your profiles you're basically admitting that people think you look like ben platt and you say you're not ben platt but you also have revealed on your profiles that you did in fact meet ben platt i met ben and i came face to face is there any uh, tea from coming face-to-face with your celeb twin? It's really interesting. For a while, I went through a twin-cest phase by saying at one point in my life I was attracted to Ben Platt. This was like yeah. when I was 18, right? And sure. then people were like, Andrew, 
you kind of look like that bot. And I'm like, no, now it's fucking weird. So I love myself, which we all should. But it's been happening a lot more lately. So then when we got got invited to the screening of his new movie theater camp, which if you have not seen. I saw. It's amazing. It literally was hilarious. And I forget every single time, like, it's so easy. I don't know why it's so easy for people to judge Ben. Obviously, Nepo Baby, I get it. Yeah. But he is a good actor and he is a really good singer. Um, oh, yeah. So the movie was great. But when when I met him at the screening, I was a little bit nervous, right? I was walking around and I saw him out of the corner of my eye and I was like, I have to say something before I leave this space. Good for you. So he was walking out and then I was like, wait, Ben, like, hi, my name is Andrew. And he, and he looked me straight in the face and he goes, I know who you are. You're all over my screen. And I was like, shut up. He was like, I know people say that we look alike. We need to take a picture. So Joe was standing right there. Joe was like, I actually still to this day cannot believe that Ben Platt asked me to take the picture or take the picture with me. How did you not lead this interview by just saying, hi, Eric, I'm good. Uh, Ben Platt asked to take a picture with me. I I actually, I don't. And then again, when we were leaving the actual movie itself, he was like, bye, like, see you soon. And I was like, oh, it's, it's game over because we're, I'm going to be in the same space as Ben again. I would hope like I'm again, as the pod continues, I want to act. I want to do all these different things, right? We're all delusional. But I was like, listen, Ben, if there's ever an opportunity for us to be in the same movie and we're playing like a gay brother situation, I'll do it. See, you know what you did just there, which is brilliant and necessary, is just like putting things out to the universe with the energy of self-love and and like manifestation yes because that is something that is not naturally grown in many people like that like i've gotten to the point in my life where i will see a ben platt or someone irl and be like there's no chance i can let this moment go by without saying hi Mm. but then to pitch myself as their gay brother and the next thing that is genius and and by the way you said it in a way that I know was not monstrous because like you, you were coming from a place of, we see each other. Yes. And that, and by the, by the way, I see it happening and I can't wait to to be uh, working the red carpet while you and Ben are taking, uh, while I'm interviewing. Oh my God. If any of the, if any of the listeners take anything from this episode too, it's like, yes, you can be delusional. Yes. But, believe your delusions and speak with confidence and then that will allow it to manifest right like i'm so delusional i say i want to be an actor i say i said i wanted the podcast right and like we put out the first episode and talked to an audience of people who didn't exist and it worked so wow it is just believing in what you're doing and it's it will happen God, that is such good advice. I I love that so much. It's you are allowed to be delusional, but believe the delusion and be confident in that delusion and then act accordingly. Mm -hmm. So well said. 
I'm so thrilled for your Ben Platt experience. That's 10 out of 10. It was. Do you, when you, speaking of like what you've manifested, which is this like smash success with good children, you've performed now in all these different cities. You went to LA, San Diego, San Francisco, Seattle, Boston. Did you, um, have a city that spoke to you the most or was it kind of equal opportune? I would say aside from New York, when we did the New York city Gramercy theater show in June, I think that was when both me and Joe, Joe cried before we got on stage. I got emotional afterwards because when it was like a year after we started it and we couldn't believe that we were performing at the Gramercy theater and it was packed to capacity. Like, it, it, we're we're still in a place and i think we'll always be in a place that we're so thankful and grateful because it's so personal to our story that people even want to listen to us speak yeah but i would say for city wise san francisco was my favorite show yeah um it just felt like right la was great as well but the the vibes of san francisco like we did a meet and greet afterwards and it just like there were moms in the audience with their children and then the moms would come up to us and be like, you don't understand like what you're doing for my kid. Like they never felt like they fit in. They never felt like they were seen or whatever, Mm. but like they do find friendship in you guys. And I know that's so parasocial, but like hearing that from a mother specifically, it obviously like we're publicly healing as well, but that was like such a beautiful moment. And I'll never forget it unbelievable and it's just a testament to like the power of embracing who you are and then through that allowing other people to embrace themselves and that's like the goal of i think both of our podcasts and that's like why it's it's so exciting to see you and joe just thrive and again when you did our the gay ass live show in new york that to me it felt like my wedding it was one of the best nights of my life and you you two were such a big part of that and we had so much fun Oh my God, it was incredible. So I can't wait to do that, make it happen again, truly. Um, before we end this stunning episode, I need to ask you a question, which I did Please. not prep you on. Andrew Muscarella, what is the best Whoopi Goldberg film? Oh, Sister Act. Thank you. I yeah. knew you were going to deliver, and Obviously. you certainly did. Andrew, this has been such a fucking joy. You oh. are unbelievable, and I want you to tell the listeners, where can they follow you? You can follow me on Instagram at Andrew Muscarella, and on TikTok at Andrew underscore Musky. And for Good Children, you can find us across all social media platforms at Good Children. And you better listen, y'all. Thank you, Andrew. I will see you at a gay club, and I will uh, approach you and say hello. Please, we're gonna we're gonna kiss. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Duh. I'm so sorry to say this, but was that not just a perfect episode of That's a Gay-Ass Podcast? Thank you, Andrew Muscarella. I will take to the streets and make the post-eats. Posters? Um, if you've not left a five-star review, gosh, that would be amazing, on your podcast app of choice, and let the world know. You can also follow me at Eric Wills, follow the pod at Gay-Ass Podcast, and keep an eye out for the lineup and tickets going on sale for the next LA show on September 14th and New Year's york we're coming back to you in the fall bye
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.